My name's Terry. Welcome to the Oddscast. Welcome to the Oddscast. Anything more? Welcome to the Oddscast. And welcome to the Oddscast podcast Christmas edition is the Christmas special here over at the Oddscast. We got Christmas Day NBA. We got Week 16 NFL playoff race heating up. I'm Dominic DeLeo alongside Joe Delara, Terry Takes, producer Corey. Fellas, it's Christmas season. We're ready. God bless. Ho, ho, ho. According <laughs> so, to my neighbor, it's been Christmas season since fucking November 1st. Too much Christmas music that. or not enough? Too much Christmas season. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Terry the Grinch, we have a stocked full Christmas Day. So we're releasing this podcast on Thursday, which is Christmas Eve. This should give you enough time to strategize how you're going to bet all of these Christmas games. we got one NFL game, Vikings at the Saints. We have five NBA games, which we'll get into. But, you know, college basketball the whole way, all the way through the weekend, NFL Week 16. So a lot to cover, but let's start with Christmas Day. I wanted to first talk about the NBA games since we'll save the NFL for a little later. We got five NBA games. Joe Delera hosted a very nice podcast on the NBA season preview. If you haven't listened to that already, please do. He goes into his team totals, his championship winners, his award winners, all those good picks, and he'll be writing for the Action Network. But Joe, I just wanted to say great job. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, it's exciting. It's an exciting uh, season right now. So it's just like an extra present, you know. Um, but no complaints. We had our first official delay, right, of a game. Yeah. So uh, the, the the game, the Rockets game, just got delayed. Uh, there were some issues with James Harden um, going to a party or something of that nature. Uh, but the real issue was actually uh, Kenya Martin's kid. Apparently, um, there was an issue with coronavirus testing. So they've had a lot of players, I think, either test positive or not. But then um, they didn't have enough players to play today. They needed, or yesterday, they needed eight players to play, and they didn't have enough people ready on the active roster. So um, I think that this is, I'm a little surprised it's happened so early. I'm not surprised that this has happened. Um, But it's, I think it's to be expected because they're not in a bubble. Um, I think things like this are going to happen throughout the season. It just sucks um, in general. Like if you were, looking at these games or looking at the lines. Sounds like a good enough game to uh, reason to postpone a game, you know, not enough players. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it toes an interesting line. And it raises an interesting question, whether or not teams can penalize or punish these players, or if the league is going to start making people teams forfeit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it's, I think it's hard because they're not in a bubble, but it is interesting if, because like if one player breaks the rules and nobody else knows about it, then like you're making this team forfeit this game when, you know, maybe they shouldn't have to. Um, but it, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Rockets do penalize James Harden in some way, shape or form. Um, granted, they just, he wants to get traded. It's, it's a mess over there. So let's get into the Christmas day games. We have five games on tap. I'll go through the lines real quick for each one. We don't have to go into each game, but I want you to kind of, 
look at it and give us where you're leaning on a couple of these games. I know sure. that a couple um, are, are any of the books doing Christmas day specials? Do we know yeah. anything about that yet? There's a couple specials out there. A lot I've seen on points bet. They have uh, high score of the day, high rebounder, high assist uh, leader. Um, so those are some bets that I'm looking at. I haven't really decided yet. They're, they're all kind of a crapshoot, but mm-hmm. I do lean, I have a lean towards Lonzo for, uh, most assists that day. I think that the Pelicans, the Pelicans like to run. And I think that, uh, he's going to have a better opportunity. I'm excited to watch them play today, uh, or yesterday. So it'll give me a better feel and I'll probably tweet out some picks. Um, once I watch how that game goes and see what kind of minutes he gets. Now that Drew Holiday's not in New Orleans anymore, I'm excited to watch that game yesterday. What a cool! Yeah, <laughs> yeah wow. I'm like, how do I say this? <laughs> who do, who so, do I bet on? How do I win money? Who won? So there, <laughs> uh, I feel like Biff from Back to the Future when he goes back with the almanac. <laughs> so um, we got 12 o'clock Pelicans Heat. It's at minus five. Uh, heat minus five. Warriors Bucks two thirty. Bucks at Pinnacle, it's nine and a half. As we're recording this podcast, it's uh, Bucks minus eight and a half. I actually just hit that as we were talking. Thank um, you. <laughs> and it'll probably go up closer to 10, I'm assuming. Nets Celtics at five o'clock. Nets are favored by two points. Mavericks Lakers, the uh, big moment for Luka Doncic, who everyone seems to just have given him MVP at this point. Um, I'm excited to see how he handles a big, uh, you know, a big, stage like this Lakers minus six and then Clippers nuggets Clippers favored by one at 10 30. Give me uh give me a couple picks Joe Joey NBA picks. So one thing that is tri- like typical in general just as an overarching theme in on Christmas day has been Christmas day unders and since 2005 the under has hit uh it goes 41 24 and one um, so that's something to look at. I'm trying to crunch some more numbers and look in terms of early season, which I think also corresponds with unders. Generally teams are a little bit rustier. So I, I actually like this trend a little bit more. Um, you could almost blindly bet unders and you would be profitable, um, as it has a 23% ROI. So, uh, it's obviously not fun to root for unders on, any day, any day. Um, but it is something that, you know, maybe if you know when Christmas dinner is going to be bet on that game to be under, so you're not, you might not be watching it anyway. Um, but I, I think the interesting, there's a couple of interesting games. I'm glad that you bet the warriors, uh, or you bet on the Bucks to beat the warriors. Um, when the, Warriors reading thrashed by the Nets. I bet on the box, uh, my seven and a half it's moved. I wouldn't be surprised to see this game go into double digits. Um, I don't know if I'd take it there, but the bucks have been one of the most profitable teams against the spread in the past couple of years, just in general, even as double digit favorites. So I don't, I don't hate it. Um, especially with Draymond out, um, in the first game, I like I like the Pelicans. They're getting five points. I don't think that the heat are as good as people think that they are based on their, you know, NBA finals run last year. I think that they just had a lot of good matchups to be honest. So I kind of like the Pelicans here, but it does look like the line might trend up for them. I'm seeing a couple five and a half. So I think you could wait on that line. Um, I think the nets also destroyed the Celtics too. Like I'm curious to see how the Celtics play, uh, in today's game, 
versus the Bucks. Uh, the Bucks are favored by four. So it's, this is going to be yesterday, but um, we'll have a better feel for the Celtics roster because they don't have Kemba Walker. They don't have Gordon Hayward. I don't think that they can effectively move the ball that well. And I, I think they're going to struggle against the, against the nets. And I think they're going to struggle until they get Kemba Walker back. Um, the next game is the Mavericks and the Lakers. That game's around that. It looks like it's between plus six, plus six and a half for the Mavs. Um, I think this is the game you stay away from. Um, I, I think the Mavericks are not very good. bet. You want to I think say you, not bet. I, I want <laughs> you to not bet this game. Except the, fuck is wrong term, with you. the only thing that I would bet here, this is the game that I actually like the under the most in um, because what the Mavericks have done is they're extremely efficient offensively. The Lakers are not super efficient offensively, but they generally play good defense. And I think that you see that kind of intensity on Christmas day, on these holiday games, on these big games. And I kind of like, I like the under there and you've already seen it move down from two thirty to two twenty nine and a half, and even two twenty eight and a half at some books. Um, so I like that. And then the last game is particularly interesting and I'm going to be writing the game guide for action network on this is the Clippers and the nuggets. And the line is a little bit all over the place. The Clippers opened as short two point road favorites. Um, but they've since moved to plus one. It looks like I had a FanDuel, and they're still a minus one at pinnacle, but I, I, I lean the nuggets here. I don't, the Clippers technically have an extra day of rest. Um, because the Nuggets would have played yesterday. Uh, but the Nuggets are at home both of these games. They don't have to travel. I think that this is a interesting situation because even without fans, Denver has a particular home field advantage that you can't account for even without fans. We've talked about this with the Broncos, and it's similar with the Nuggets. And I think especially this year, where it's a super short off season, a lot less time to be conditioned. I lean the nuggets here and I'm probably going to look to play them on the money line, even as a, even as an underdog. Um, and I think that they're able to win this game. I think that the Clippers, the Clippers beat the Lakers in the opener, but a lot of that had to do with Paul George, just making ridiculous shots. And uh, they weren't their season P. Yeah, exactly. So uh, pandemic P uh, made that one pass to the referee but um, I think the regular season P is here and he's, he was just making some kind of weird, sh- like ridiculous shots that um, were definitely had like low expectations, low returns generally. So I lean the nuggets here and uh, especially considering they're bringing back the majority of their team uh, besides Jeremy Grant. So I, I, my lean is the nuggets in that game and I probably am taking the money line. All right. Christmas day. Fire away. Follow Joe on the Action Network. Follow him on Twitter. I'm sure he'll be tweeting out bets. But thank you, Joe, for the NBA insight when it comes to Christmas Day. It's actually pretty cool. I mean, you know, the NBA has kind of made this their thing. The five days on Christmas, or the five games on Christmas is cool just because, you know, like every major holiday, but it's kind of like Thanksgiving on, on with the NFL. And I, I like it. The NFL yeah. is doing something this year on Christmas because it falls on a Friday. We have the Vikings. Uh, going into New Orleans, and they are playing the Saints. And this is a game, the, the line's at seven. Um, it's moving. It's going to probably flirt with six and a half, seven. And I wanted to get your take on it because we don't have 
a lot of, you know, none of, none of us picked this game in the odds versus SPY. So Terry, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Spoiler this Vikings Saints game, Vikings Saints game. The Vikings need, they're still alive in the playoffs at six and eight. They need that. They need the Cardinals to lose out and they need the bears to lose out as well. I think the bears could split and they might have a tiebreaker there. Maybe not. I don't know. Either way, not a lot has to happen. Bears play the Jags and Packers week 16, week 17. The Cardinals play the 49ers this week and the Rams next week. So this is really do or die time for Minnesota. If they lose, they are out. New Orleans sitting in second in the NFC, 10 and four, still alive in the number one seed race. Again, only one team is getting a bye this year in the playoffs. But this game means a good amount for the Saints, too. And it's also a little bit of revenge for the Saints, who have been uh, historically and quite spectacularly uh, bounced in the playoffs by the Vikings uh, twice in you know, with the Minneapolis miracle and the uh, just complete just dog shit game they played last year in the <laughs> NFC playoffs. Uh, so, Terry, what is your lean here? It's a big spread. I hit it at six and a half. What do you think? Uh, very exciting to see, um, Kirk Cousins be able to serve his Lord and savior, uh, Jesus Christ on his birthday. So shout out to him. Um, I think Drew Brees is a Bible banger too. So it's, you know, a lot of, a lot of prayers up that game. Uh, Saints, you know, it's fitting. That's true. Yeah. Before uh, I want, is, is this a primetime game for Drew Brees, uh, for Kirk Cousins? I think so. It's not the I think one you'd have to it's say. not in the one o'clock window. Yeah. It's also the only game on. So wouldn't it have to isn't I feel like wouldn't it necessarily oh. just be prime time? <laughs> I think it is prime time. I'm talking about the in the Kirk Cousins prime time fade. Hmm. Is this prime time? I would say so. I think so. Okay. I mean four four thirty, you know, it's it's it gets dark early now. I think the other day, like two days ago, is the shortest day of the year. So, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, and for that reason, I think you have to take the Saints minus seven. I, I'm a little nervous about it, actually. I've been going back and forth. It was seven and a half. I would take the Vikings. Drew Brees doesn't look right. He had whatever, 15 crack ribs, gave one to Eve. I don't know. Um, and you could tell how he started the game. Oh, for seven, I think this is worst start to a game ever. Um, he sort of put some drives together towards the end, but then again, you know, it seemed like the chiefs had that game pretty much in control watching that entire game against the chiefs at no point did I think the saints would ever win that game. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think drew Brees is that healthy. Oddly though, his pass to Emmanuel Sanders was the farthest pass in the air that he's thrown completed in three years. So, I don't know if he was hopped up on an adrenaline, um, but he did look a little off. Um, no Michael Thomas hurts. He has one of the um, – the Vikings secondary isn't great. I think seven's the right number. Uh, so if you could get six and a half, I would take the Saints. Seven and a half, Vikings. Um, I don't want to not bet it, but, you know, I'll, I'll, lean, I'll lean on the Saints and fade, fade Kirk Cousins in what we call prime time. Christ yeah. time. The Saints defense, I know that Jefferson's been a star. He's the second highest rated receiver in PFF at 90.2. Kind of similar breakout that McLaurin had last year as a rookie wide receiver, you know, ranking in the top 
of the wide receiver rankings of PFF, Adam Thielen, sixth ranked wide receiver in the league. Cook, you know, obviously probably one of the premier running backs of the league. So their offense, they have weapons. Irv Smith Jr., actually sne- sneaky uh, fantasy pick next year. I think he's going to have a breakout year um, for the for the Vikings at tight end. But, you know, the, the Saints just defensively are so good, and they have so many corners. I think that they kind of kept the Chiefs in check, and they have a lot of pass rushers between Hendrickson, Jordan, Davenport. I think that they're going to get to Cousins, and I think that – you know, the saints should handle business. And I, like I said, you know, six and a half, I took it already. If you want to buy points buy buy the half point, six and a half, be a, be a, be your own sharp and do that because that's, that's where the value is. I think that, you know, seven's a great number for this game and six and a half on the saints is probably the way to go. I mean, I will yeah. say it was a good teaser piece. If you, if you got it at seven, tease it down to one. And then if you, you know, find another game on Saturday or Sunday that you like. Yeah. Yeah. Or the Vikings could just be the thorn in the Saints side for forever now and just always beat Sean Payton. <laughs> but I think I think the Saints will take care of business. Let's look at the let's look at the NFL playoff picture real quick before we go into odds versus SPY. A little bit of who's hot, who's not. I'll start with who's not, and it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. After losing yeah. Three straight games. They're eleven and three. They're the third seed in the NFC, uh, the AFC right now. They have a chance to lose the AFC North to the Cleveland Browns, which is absurd. And if we were talking about this in week fourteen, week thirteen, but we're here, and the Steelers look completely broken. Do they fix it? And even if they do fix it, let's say the Steelers who play the Colts this week and the Browns next week, let's say they look okay and they win both of those games. Do you trust them as a home favorite likely as the two or three seed against let's say Indy again at at, the the six seed, or you're probably looking at, you know, Terry's dolphins are right there at nine and five as a seven seed, but the Ravens are coming hard at nine and five as well as the eight seed looking in. Do you trust them against any team um, in the playoffs going if they are hosting a game and they might not be hosting the game if they lose two straight? Oh, I don't know. They look so bad and it looks like they just can't move the ball effectively at all. Like, I don't even think it's necessarily their defense's fault. I mean, like the defense gave up uh, points to the Bengals, but it was all on short fields. So um, I, I could see them beating the Colts just because it's more of a bet against Phillip rivers, but Phillip rivers look pretty good lately. So I, I don't know. I think it would depend on the line, but uh, I think it would be tough to have them favored in almost any of those games, uh, especially if they have to play the Ravens, I would imagine, I think they would probably get killed um, in that game. Just the way it seemed when the Ravens had Lamar in that game, they really should have beat the Steelers earlier in the season too. So uh, I definitely have some concerns about the Steelers in the postseason this year. Terry, the Steelers are eighth in weight or yeah, eighth in weighted DVOA, still have the top defense, 22nd in offensive DVOA. They're the worst offensive team um, in the top 15 other than Chicago. Does this team have any chance of putting it together given what you've seen the last three weeks? Uh, I don't. The offense is obviously the biggest concern, and there's nothing unless they can find a run game to help big Ben, but 
Big Ben is basically playing a game he's never played before, and it worked in the beginning of the year. Chase Claypool was new. You had him doing the shovel passes, you know, not the shovel passes, but, you know, the, the pitches forward. You know, Claypool end rounds and getting the ball out quick. Now he he's getting the ball out quicker than any quarterback in the NFL, and he's not seeing the defenses at all. He's having a terrible time reading linebackers, um, as you saw in the Bengals game. And it's, it's he's just playing a different game than he has in his entire career, where he's used to holding on to the ball, letting receivers work, and kind of ad-libbing, you know, holding on to the ball for three, four, five seconds. Um, and I, the offensive line just isn't what it what it used to be. And I, he he just doesn't look this, he doesn't look right. And you know, if they had a competent backup, possibly I would think you know maybe put him in, but Mason Rudolph, we know who he is. So I, I, I just don't know what to do with their offense. But Trent uh, Dilfer won a Super Bowl. So possibly, <laughs> I think that's, I think that's the biggest concern because this defense was all world to start the year. And right now I think their defense looks shoddy. Like they have a lot of injuries and if their defense isn't dominant, like they don't have the offense to, win games where their defense is giving up 20 points. And that's kind of what their game plan was, was like, okay, we'll score 20 points. Our defense will hold the other team to less than that and they'll win the game. So yeah. it's, it's kind of all got a shit. So we'll see what happens in these next two weeks. Real quick I mean, on the AFC. Hold on, hold on. And with the, and that's going to weigh on you too, as a defense, you know, there's going to be a little bit of friction. And when you know, your offense isn't moving the ball as a defender, you're going to start gambling a little more to try to make mm-hmm. those turnovers, to try to, you know, make those game breaking plays and that's when you get burned and that's when you start giving up points. So it, it's just this ebb and cycle. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's I don't, the offense is a problem. Real quick. I'm not going to go into the bills, but the bills are right now, if the season ended today, they would be hosting a wild card game against the, um, actually no scratch this question. Let's say the bills, <laughs> These are, I think these are the two most intriguing teams in the AFC playoffs, and it's, it, there's a decent chance they will play each other in the, in the first-round wildcard game. So let's say the Bills are hosting the Browns. What's the spread? Bills minus four. Yeah, I'd say five and a half. And who would you take? Uh, the Bills. The Bills. Interesting. Very interesting. All right. NFC. That was it. Real quick. Yeah, that's <laughs> I just I I would I would kind of lean the Browns there. Just a door um, into Don's imagination there. <laughs> um well actually we have enough we have enough NFC games here in our odds versus SPY to talk about the NFC. So we'll we'll wait a little bit. Uh we'll discuss some playoff stuff. Let's go into the odds versus SPY the segment where we try and beat the stock market, specifically the S and P 500 and the ETF that is uh, aligned with the S and P 500. The SPY is up 7.87% since we started this segment. And unfortunately this is the second week out of this entire segment where we are below the SPY in return on investment. We are 55, 43, and 1, 6.59% ROI, which is still, I, I mean, it's still good, but 
we're just lagging behind the SPY a little bit. Maybe Trump, uh, you know, vetoing the stimulus bill might might push things in our direction a little bit. But we got to pick it up again. So last week or two weeks ago, we were down. We picked it up, got back. And last week, we had a little bit of setback. Joe, you had the biggest of setbacks. So you get the number one pick. What are you picking this week? Been, been a little cold here. Uh, but uh, we're going to be taking the Bills minus seven against the Patriots. Oh, what favorite? Uh, um, we're taking favorite. Uh, not all favorites today, but uh, we're taking a favorite. Um, I The Patriots are out of the playoffs. Um, I'm curious to see how Belichick manages this because I, I'm th- part of me thinks that Belichick might want to play spoiler. Another part of me thinks that Belichick is actually smart enough to tank and lose these games and improve on their draft pick. Um, so I, I'm curious to see what exactly they do. And I kind of look to see when the last time or how many times Belichick has even been a underdog of a touchdown or more. And it's only been four times since 2005, but twice was it happened this year yeah. and he lost both games and he was one and one against the spread, but he only covered uh, the one game against the Ravens by one point. So I, I just don't think the Patriots are very good. And given the motivation, I I would be I'd be a little surprised to see the um, the Patriots not like I, I don't know if they're going to try to lose this game, but I, I would be shocked to see Belichick really like go out there and try to win the game. Um, I just don't think that their motivation, they don't have the motivation to play for the playoffs. And I can see them just trying to reset and regroup and, you know, not hurt their draft stock or draft capital, um, in the situation. So the bills have more to play for, uh, in maintaining a higher seed. And, uh, I like them at minus seven here. Yeah. I mean, I don't really have much to add. I think that if you bet the Patriots here, you gotta be a new England Homer. Like there's no reason to bet them. They can't move the ball at all. Like no. They can't score. They can't move the ball. And they're playing an 11 and three team who has a lot to play for the, the division rival that, you know, is now yeah. the, the kingpin of the, of the division. They probably want to show Belichick a little bit of something after getting beat up on them for the last couple of years. So, I yeah. Mean, and they're only pro bowl, you know, defender, Stefan Gilmore's out for the rest of the year with the torn hamstring or quad or something. Yeah. Yeah, a, so leg, is, a leg ligament, one of them in there, <laughs> is, yeah, not, so I, is not connected anymore. Yeah, I just, I just could, would imagine that Belichick probably would prefer to lose these games and improve on their draft pick. I will. I a preview to next week that uh, a theory that Bill Simmons pondered of just the Patriots playing the Jets and Bill Belichick not giving anything to the Jets and just absolutely tanking that game so the Jets win, <laughs> <laughs> which I love that theory. That's actually funny. I could see that happening too. All right. Joe is on the Bills minus seven. Speaking of the Jets, my second pick, or my first pick, the second pick of this segment, I am going to go to Seattle and I'm going to pick the team that just lost to the New York Jets, the Los Angeles Rams, plus one and a half divisional battle here. Look, I know what you're thinking. Rams lost to the Jets. They're done. They suck. How could that possibly happen? 
But this was a look ahead game. And you know what game they were looking ahead to? It was this one. So they got that out of the way. They're looking ahead to the Seahawks. And now they have the Seahawks in a game that's very important. You know, the, the Rams beat the Seahawks earlier in the year. They're sitting at nine and five. Seahawks are at 10 and four. If they win this game, they essentially have the division in hand and they play the Cardinals next week a team that McVay has never lost to in his career. So I think that the Rams are, you know, this is their season uh, to win the division, get a higher seed and really, uh, you know, get back on track and get right before the playoffs. And this Rams team is better than the Seahawks. You know, I don't care what happened last week. This Rams team is still sixth in weighted DVOA. Uh, They are still top five in defense. They're, fourth in defensive DVOA, seventh in offensive DVOA. So you have a top 10, top five team in both sides of the ball. You have a coach in Sean McVay who's covered three straight spreads versus Seattle. And they have the corners to stick with Seattle. Like Jalen Ramsey showed beforehand that he can lock up DK Metcalf and really just play to Seattle and, their team that just has an offense that likes to throw the ball deep. They don't really have a running game and they have a bad defense. So if you give me two evenly kind of matched teams, even though I think the Rams are in a little bit of a higher tier than the Seahawks, but if you give me two teams and one of them has a elite defense and another one has a below average, you know, bottom 12 defense, like the Seahawks have, I'm taking the Rams. I'm taking the, the defensive team every time. So I'm taking the Rams plus one and a half. Fair. Yeah, I, I I take the defense over the. I think offense. we all are. You know, I think we all bet the Rams to win the division before the season started too. So would be a big game for us. Yeah, I mean, look, the Jets. I was looking at PFF, and they actually have some pieces, like defensively, like Marcus May is really good. Um, the tackle that whoa, they drafted whoa, is like whoa. really good. Um, just so poop, just poo pooing on my my pick, which is. The Jets. Wow. Oh, boy. Wow. Plus nine and, a, nine and a half against the Cleveland Browns. As Dom said, they do have some pieces. They are, uh, they are a talented team. Not talented, but they're not. It didn't make sense that they were going to go 0-16, which is just mostly on Adam Gase and Greg Williams. They should have never fired Greg Williams if they wanted to go on 16. Really? That's yeah. what it comes down to. Yeah, that's um, true. But they don't even know how to tank right. So no, well it's the jets and also yeah. the jets fans that are fucking crying about fucking winning. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you want to game? Yeah. Oh my God. I, I, I'm kind of, <laughs> like, I don't want to, I wouldn't want to be like, I, I wouldn't want to be a fan of a team that went Oh, and 16. Um, no, I, I, when the dolphins in 2008, won in overtime against the Ravens to get, to win a game and go one in 15, I celebrated it like it was the super bowl. So like stack up, you won a game. Oh my God. You're not getting Trevor Lawrence. You don't know if he's going to be good or not. Who cares? Yeah. And by the way, you also went to two consecutive AFC championship games. You know how many AFC championship games I've seen? None. So shut the fuck up. It went to two AFC championship games in this decade, right? Or was yes, that before? Like 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah I think it was. It was like exactly 2010, yeah. 2011, or 2009, 2010. Either like, way. Jesus Christ. Like, you're just depressed generally. That's, that's your problem. 
It's yeah, as Fadukasi, uh, their their nose tackle is the eighth rated interior lineman um, in PFF, eighty six point two rating. And then Marcus May, as I was talking about before, number three safety in the NFL as per PFF. And then Makai Becton, who is just an absolute unit <laughs> left tackle, <It's> a freak. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he's a top, you know, he's a, a top tackle. He's he's seventy five and a half rated, twenty seventh in the league as a tackle. So he's top half and that's what you want from a rookie as your blindside protector so you got yeah. pieces you got yeah. pieces. yeah so they you have, got pieces <laughs> they have talent and looking at the browns um very good offensively defensively not great they don't get too much pressure besides miles garrett um on the quarterback which you know miles garrett could come up with the fair plays and you know ruin this game sam Darnold is at the turning the ball over but you know as don was saying their defense isn't bad their rush defense is pretty it's top 10 dvoa um and their pass defense last week was was really good against against the rams some of that has to do with the pressure they were able to get on golf but um their pff graded their cornerbacks all pretty well so i think it's you know maybe greg firing greg williams really did help their defense turn the corner a little bit and uh, for a team that you know, does blitz a lot. A lot of that probably was coming from Greg, Greg Williams, but if they're able to keep that pressure that they were able to get on golf, Baker, May, Baker Mayfield has the biggest disparity of any quarterback in the NFL from his, you know, performance when there's no pressure and performance when there is pressure, you know, he sucks for his wife. Yeah. Yeah. So he's towards, you know, he's one of the worst quarterbacks under pressure in the NFL. So if the Jets are able to, to get pressure on Baker, they're able to shut down the run uh, and they're, you know, if their cornerbacks, your secondary did turn a corner, I think, you know, it, it could be a close game. They, the players don't care. Watching the Dolphins and watching everyone go crazy last year about how the Dolphins were an affront to the NFL, that they were quote unquote tanking, like <laughs> it lasted maybe five games and they ended up winning five games at the end of the year. So these players aren't quitting. They don't like, they aren't trying to get you know, draft picks for the organization. And certainly the coaches that are, might get fired, might not get fired, aren't, you know, trying to lose games. So. Yeah. Well, like, yeah I mean, there, there are like, there are like five players on the team that possibly you can make the argument conspiratorially that they have something to invest. They, they have a benefit to not playing well. Yeah. Like yeah. per their career. Like these are guys that are trying out like for the yeah. team and for other teams. But, like, yeah. Compared to the dolphins team last year, the Jets are way better. Just yeah, I mean, talent on the team. Yeah, like Frank Gore is clearly auditioning for which team he's going to be the starting running back for next, <laughs> yeah. next year. So like, <laughs> he's doing he's doing the LeBron of waiting for his son to get into the league. Dude, it's actually funny. He said like because in an interview he was like, "I didn't want to like go out my last season without getting a win, or like maybe my last season. So um, maybe he'll finally retire because they won a game. Um, I don't know." But. And I, and then my last point, I've, we've talked about the Jets. Yeah, I was about to say, we're, we're, we're too much you, time on the Jets. If you want to talk about Cut all of this, Corey. Hear, <laughs> if you want to hear more Jets talk, turn into ESPN Radio. Now that Lebitard's gone, you'll have Keyshawn Johnson followed by seven straight hours of Mike Greenberg. Um, <laughs> the last thing is, you know, people tend to overvalue teams that are in must-win situations like the Browns. So this line, yeah. I feel like, is a little inflated um, and just, you know, like I said, this could be a backdoor cover game. I think it's going to be close in the Meadowlands. Um, 
that's enough Jets talk. Okay. You're Moving up on. again. You're up again. Uh, sticking with let's, let's not let's not spend as much time on the next pick as he just we did. won't we won't sticking going sticking with the green we're going with the the green bay packers playing playing uh the ryan Tannehill uh titans um packers are looking to shore up they didn't clinch right the first seed no they not, need to they yet, need they yeah. need to win one yeah so they're looking one of their next two they're looking up sure up this the 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 first seed and get the only buy um with you know the seventh team in the playoffs. Um this offensively, these these teams are stacked. Uh Titans rank third in DVO in offense, Packers rank second. Uh Packers defense rates a little bit better on average uh terms in defense with 18th and the Titans at uh 28th. Uh, I, I think it is gonna lean towards a shootout, which someone else may touch on a little later. Um, but you know, at three, which is, it's, you know, some books have it juiced up. It seems like it's probably going to trend there based on the amount of bets and money on the Titans. Um, I just, Aaron Rodgers at home against a a piss poor secondary of the Tennessee Titans. I, I don't, I don't see how they slow him down and, and he's the better quarterback. Um, could this be, a Derrick Henry game, yes. That's that's my biggest fear is that Derrick Henry could just take over the game. They could milk the clock, and you know Aaron Rodgers doesn't see as many as many plays as he usually would. Um, but I'm, I'm banking on you know Aaron Rodgers at home, and uh, I had Mister Joe Dallara look up a stat for me um, based on my experience watching Ryan Tannehill as as a Dolphin. Uh, Tannehill is seven and thirteen against a spread when the temperature is 50 degrees or lower. He's a hot weather boy, you know, so it's, it's going to be 26 degrees in Lambeau field. I think that would actually be, it was actually, I think going to be one of the coldest games that he's ever played. So interesting. He's from Texas, got drafted by the dolphins. He's in Tennessee. He's, he's not a cold weather boy. Doesn't like to shred. Premier, uh, premier game of the week, in my opinion, Packers Titans. So happy. hundred percent. You want to talk about the Jets before you go? <laughs> I think I'm good on the Jets talk. Okay. Uh, my second pick in the odds versus SPY uh, segment, I am going with my favorite team to bet on this year. They have won five straight against the spread. Every week I look at their team and I think, God damn it, why shouldn't I just throw up money on them to win the Super Bowl? And it is, you guessed it, the Washington football team, again, minus one and a half. And if you remember from the last time I recommended the Washington football team on this podcast, on this segment, I talked a little bit about this spread range between minus two and a half and plus two and a half. And we have trademarked this. Look it up. TM. It's called the Ron Rivera zone. When the spread is between minus two and a half and plus two and a half. So two closely, you know, projected teams. Ron Rivera, it's his zone. He is 24 and 13 for a 25.9% ROI. You would win close to $900 if you bet $100 on every single one of those games. He is second all time in the NFL uh, for coaches that have at least had, you know, more than 10, 15 of these games only behind Bill Belichick. And what did you know? This Ron Rivera zone 
involves a Ron Rivera revenge game against his former team, the Carolina Panthers, who gave up on him last year. How great would it be for Ron Rivera in his zone against his former team to get revenge and basically lock up the NFC East? And shout out to everybody who followed two weeks before Thanksgiving, Washington football team plus 800 to win the NFC East. If they win this game, they're most likely winning the NFC East as the Giants play the uh, Baltimore Ravens today uh, or this week and the Eagles and Cowboys play each other. And look, I know there's a lot of talk about who's going to be the quarterback. And if you look at this team on paper, I'm a huge trenches guy. You know this about me. This offensive line, it really yeah. doesn't matter who is the quarterback. I know I understand like as long as you don't turn the ball over, this offensive line has the fourth ranked center in the league in Rouye, sure fifth ranked guard in the NFL. All of these guys have basically over 70 ratings for PFF, which might actually, I need to look at Indianapolis, but I'll fact check this. They I I can go out on a limb just looking at their PFF depth chart and saying that they have a top three, if not the top. Uh, offensive line in the NFL, which not many people are talking about. They're only talking about the defensive line. And there you got just talent galore, everything in the trenches, the Washington football team can win. And, you know, I think they'll handle a Carolina Panthers team that is dead in the water four and nine, you know, McCaffrey's not playing again. They're just, you know, rule is packing things up and we'll get them next year. But, you know, I, I think that the Washington football team, this is a perfect time to back Ron Rivera and like I said, Ron Rivera zone, chalk it up, Washington football team, one and a half. This line might move a little bit, um, but I hit the money line already. If you find one and a half, if you find two, up to two and a half, you know, that, that's where I'll bet it to, up, up until the end of the zone. So Washington football team, book it. Word. I, All right. I, I, I'm a little nervous. I, I, I lean a little teddy, teddy ball game here, but I, I won't mess with the Ron Rivera zone. Yeah, definitely. Game. Just definitely nervous. The back is a tad concerning. Yeah, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Okay. Quarter- I know you don't care about running backs, but now you don't care about quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting. I'm like, who the fuck do you care What's about? That, uh- he only believes in the offensive line. It's all you need to win. <laughs> offensive line. Everyone's all about defense, trenches, and quarterbacks, trenches. and Where do you- wide receivers and running backs. All bullshit. All you need is an O line. Trenches. <laughs> where, like, where do you think World War One was won? The trenches. <laughs> exactly. This <laughs> was one of the this, this is table. this is Ron Rivera's World War One. <laughs> Ron Rivera's War of Attrition. I will. Uh, I'm gonna do. Uh, you know those like the LeBron James with the with the cigarette in his mouth, and he's like an old guy at like a car mechanic shop. Like I'm yeah. gonna come up with uh, who the you know with the Wayne Haskins something whatever. It doesn't matter. Well, you got Football that thing minus one and a half. Just get him in. Get him in the strip club. Uh, get make that a meme somehow. <laughs> I'm not touching that. All right, Joe, you're up. Two picks. I, I wouldn't either after that strip club. Um, but so I'm doing something a little weird, uh, and I'm a little out of my comfort zone. Um, so I don't have a ton to say on it, but I I'm taking the Broncos plus three and a half. So they're a dog. Um, they're also an animal. They're a Bronco. And uh, divisional road dogs are... Hashtag analysis. <laughs> Four legs. Divi- Do you see it? Yeah. <laughs> but divisional road dogs are 50... Return of 53 point... Or they're 53.5% against the spread. But when you go to the AFC West, they actually hit at a 60.3% uh, 
great. So uh, I'm taking the Broncos plus three and a half here. Um, neither team has a ton to play for, but I do think that Drew Locke is trying to keep his job. So um, I think this will be, I think it'll be a close game. Uh, and it seemed that the, the Chargers offense has just been a little bit weird since Eckler has come back. I don't know what exactly the problem is, um, but I, I like the dog here. I don't think either team is particularly good. And if you're going to give me the three and a half over the field goal, I'm going to take that. So Broncos plus three and a half. Yeah. It seems like every time there's a minus three and a half this year with a team that's not good, they don't cover. So good on you. Yeah. And, and Terry and I have found that out in the super contest. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I mean, all right. Well, that's good. I mean, the, the Chargers should have blown them out last time they played. And that was the, epic, the Broncos comeback where they lost in Brown's fashion. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I do have a little bit, I do have some concerns, but I do think that this, this is a trend that I want to follow at this point in the, at this point in the season. Um, then I'm going to piggyback on your Packers pick uh, a little bit. I'm going to be taking the Titans Packers over 56. Um, I am not going to reiterate what you said in regards to the DVOA numbers, but um, part I, I also have the same concern with Derrick Henry in terms of him taking over the game and then that possibly eating up a lot of clock. But I do think that this has shootout vibes both of these teams' offenses are very good, and it just feels a little low with the 56. I feel like this should be closer to maybe like 58 or so. So uh, I'll take the over 56. It's moving to 56 and a half in some books. So uh, I would try to take this sooner rather than later. And uh, that's that's what I think for this game. I don't know if you have anything else you wanted to add, but we're maybe saving Terry in the meantime. Uh, it's going to be points. And for my third and final pick this week, I am going with the San Francisco 49ers plus five and a half. Uh, it's plus five and a half. I think I saw on FanDuel. Um, I think it'll get there just because there's a lot of Cardinals bets coming in. Um, but the money's still on the, on the 49ers side. Let me talk about why I still don't believe in the Cardinals. I am very close to betting them not to make the playoffs at uh, plus two to one. And Joe and I were talking about this on Twitter and the Cardinals are, you know, I, I listened to Bill Simmons podcast and I hate to mention him twice in one podcast episode as Terry. Already yeah. Did. Jesus usually, Christ. How much does he pay you guys? I really use, I usually only shit on Clay Travis, but I'll shit on Bill Simmons. I don't care. Okay. Uh, yeah, don't pass. Go yeah. ahead. Bill Simmons is like so pumped to see the 49 or the, the Cardinals in the playoffs. And like, there's a good chance they don't make the playoffs. So, the Bears play the Jags this week. They win that game. They go into Green Bay. If Green Bay wins and Terry thinks they're going to cover minus three and a half, so the odds cast behind them, they'll win. Then the Packers clinch number one seed. If the forty, if the if the Bears beat the Packers and there's you know their starters sit the, after the first quarter, which very well could be after they have the number one seed locked up, the Bears could sweep the last two games and then the Cardinals, if they split, they lose um, out in the playoffs and the bears jump them because they have the tiebreaker and the Cardinals play, you know, at San Francisco this week. And then they're probably all chomped up at the bits to play the Rams next week. And McVay is beating them uh, seven straight times. And he's covered six games. and hasn't not covered spread against him. He's six on one. So enough talk about the Cardinals. Uh, 
and their future schedule. What ha- what matters is the Cardinals right now. And the Cardinals, you know, they're 13th in weighted DVOA. They're kind of in the middle of the NFL right now. They have a decent defense, ninth overall. Their offense is 17th overall. I think the Niners, if Fred Warner plays, if Richard Sherman plays, they'll be able to keep the Niners in check. And like Terry was talking about before, teams don't really give up in the NFL. And this is backing Kyle Shanahan, you know, after the Niners missed out of the playoffs. Yes, they're going to be starting C.J. Beathard. Shout out to the Cardinals for also signing Josh Rosen off the Buccaneers practice squad. Not saying Josh Rosen plays it all into this game, but the, the 49ers still play hard. It's a divisional game. You look at what the Niners have been able to do uh, defensively. They're 10th in DVOA. Like I said, Fred Warner is probably the best uh, linebacker in the league. You know, arguably you could throw in Darius Leonard there, but I think he's the best linebacker in the league. You look at what the Niners can do offensively. They still have a decent O-line. C.J. Beathard actually looked better than Nick Mullins at the end of some of these games. And Brandon Ayuk is good. And they have some they have some talent. So I don't think they roll over. And I think the Cardinals might be looking a little bit ahead here. And if I'm getting plus five and a half on a divisional game, you know, like I said, uh, like Terry said before, teams and betters tend to overvalue teams in must-win situations. And I think people are thinking, you know, it's lined open at three. And now people are saying, oh, the Cardinals, you know, Bill Simmons talking about them as being so dangerous in the playoffs. And I think there's a chance they could lose this game straight up. So yeah. I'm taking the 49ers plus one. It also fits the system that I just used for the Broncos. So same exact thing, divisional road dogs. Yeah, um, as long as Nick Mullins isn't playing, that guy was an absolute disaster. <laughs> he just looks confused all the time. I don't know why. You know, you know who looks really confused is uh, Ryan Finley. For the, yeah, he looks for like a psychopath. <laughs> just <laughs> he was laying like, at the bottom of a pile of smiling. <laughs> it looked like, I didn't know if he was like crazy. wincing. He was like wincing smiling. I, yeah, I don't know. He was waiting for Bane to blow up the field. <laughs> Bane's the other closest thing we have to pleasure, okay? You don't know what was going well, on in his head. Yeah. Producer Corey, Opus Day. Yes, Opus plus Yay. two pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Vinci Code. Uh, Terry, you're up. Uh, so... For my last pick, I'm going out on a limb. I'm going to do the opposite of what I said um, regarding the Jets game. And I will, well, I guess technically both teams need this game, um, theoretically. But I'm going to take a heavily, uh, a heavy public pick in the Miami Dolphins minus three. I think it might get under three, depending, you know, how much money does come in on the Raiders. But right now it's, it's, it's at three. Uh, Dolphins going to Vegas. Uh, this is the Hawaii Bowl, is what I'm calling it. Uh, Tua, Tua against Marcus Mariota. Um, I think it's a strength on strength type of game where the Raiders' strength is their pass offense under Derek Carr, who is hasn't been ruled out yet, but it, it's looking like it's going to be Mariota uh, versus uh, the Dolphins' pass defense, which is fifth in DVOA. Um, the Raiders can't run the ball and Dolphins can't generally stop the run. So that, that suits the Dolphins, you know, well in this game. Um, Mariota looked pretty good in, in the game 
um, against the Chargers. Um, but it's way different to go into the week game planning for Derek Carr and then having Mariota come in because Carr gets hurt than it is for a defense that's going to have all week to prepare for Mariota. So some of the success that he had, I think, was just uh, the defense's underpreparedness for him to come to the game, which, you know, obviously you don't expect Derek Carr to get hurt. So I think, you know, he's going to be, you know, stymied a little bit on some of the things he was successful at uh, against, against the Chargers. Um, the Dolphins have, in terms of, you know, percentages of drives that end in scores, the Dolphins have the best defense in the NFL. Only 28% of their opponent's drives end up in scores. You know who has the last defense in terms of that? It's the Raiders. Over 50% of the, their opponent's tries end in scores. So I know there's been a lot of talk about Tua, game manager, blah, blah, blah. I think the Dolphins are going to be able to do whatever they want. Um, the, their run game was struggling a little bit going into the Patriots game. And what they do, they leaned on you know their offensive line. Three rookies on there ran for over 200 yards. So I think this is going to be a similar game where they can kind of do whatever they want. Hopefully, you know, they can get some of their skill position players back. Miles Gaskin just came back off of the COVID list. So at least they'll have a, a full backfield, um, you know, still waiting word on their wide receivers. Who's going to be available in terms of Parker Grant and uh, tight end Jacecki. But I, th- I think, you know, the Raiders are kind of broken at this point. It seems like they should have lost to the jets. You know, they, they get blown up by the Falcons. They should have lost to the jets. And then they and then they beat you know the Chargers last week and Mariota coming in. I think. Wait, no. Did they beat? No, they didn't beat the Chargers. They lost the Chargers. They lost. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I, I think this is you know the Dolphins just you know taking care of business like they've done all year, putting the final nail in the coffin for the Raiders as they go into the off season. Um. And hope you know hopefully keep their playoff hopes alive. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's a public game, but I'm I'm sure as hell not betting the Raiders in this game. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> can't do it. They're, they can't stop anyone, and the Dolphins' defense can't. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're looking at a, a Week 17 Dolphins maybe fighting off the Ravens. Everybody's on the Ravens, but they might not even make the playoffs. So. I just need the Bills to clinch whatever they need. You know, the second seed, and then just sit all their starters. That would be ideal. Yeah. Well, I think if they win today or win uh, on Sunday, they're in a good shot spot to do that. They so. win the Colts. I think win. I think they're good. Yeah. All right. That's it for Oz versus SPY. Joe bills minus seven Broncos plus three and a half green Bay, Tennessee over 56. I'm on the Rams plus one and a half football team minus one and a half. 49ers plus five and a half. Terry Jets, J-E-T-S, not plus nine and a half. Packers <laughs> minus three. Dolphins minus three. Producer Corey, how are you? It's time for Christmas Pods and Rex. Oh, Christmas Pods and Rex. Is I mean, you can, you can recommend something that... Yeah, we're doing Christmas Pods and Rex. Yeah, I'm going to make a recommendation. Yeah, and, our Lord uh, and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah, let's keep him out of this. Um, <laughs> first, before I go on, I forgot to mention a couple weeks ago, I got a letter in the mail at my parents' house. It was addressed to me for some reason. I haven't lived there for years. Uh, here's it. Here it is right here. Okay. Yeah. No, good radio. Everyone can see it. <laughs> hey, we have an audiovisual guy now. It is a handwritten letter 
from the Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what it seems to me that this is really just like part of their English classes because most of them are immigrants, Spanish speakers. So this looks like a very English 101 type thing to do, like write a letter to your neighbor. And, uh, you know, it's just really fascinating that they think this is okay to do. Um, aside from that. Is more, Machos Witness aren't Mormons, right? No, no. They, no. Uh, they're even more hardcore. Do they drink they sugar? They're, the, they're from the Church what? of Latter-day Saints, correct? No, I don't think so. No, Church of That's Latter-day Mormon. Saints is Mormon, yeah. Is it? Yeah. yeah. You might be thinking of Seventh-day Adventists. That, yeah, I think that's pretty much the same thing as a Mormon. Anyway, it was a holly jolly message to tell me to read the Bible and uh, to go visit their website, jw.org. So go check that out. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, my recommendation. (laughs) We have to get rid of mistletoe. What? Is it like environmentally dangerous? No, as a society. Like just because you're standing in in the doorway... What? Was this in the letter or no. are we off of the letter? <laughs> we're off the letter. I mean, the letter is basically like, hey, hi, we're Jehovah's, uh, the Bible. We are taught to pray to God. I was just, okay. I was just, my, wondering. my name is, my, my name is Hove. <laughs> H to the Hove. <laughs> I was just, I was just wondering the connection. Write that down for later. Hope. We write that entire song from the perspective of a Jehovah's Witness at a door. <laughs> Bookmark. I was um, just, I was wondering yeah. how we got from the letter. To mistletoe uh, because this did have a Christmas or if just the letter was message, an aside. Even though it's I don't Christmas, think they everything it. it's it's Christmas pods and racks. We have everything. Yeah. Got so Christi- Christmas. Joe, someone said Jesus Christ. It reminded me I had this letter. Um. Anyway, mistletoe <laughs> gotta go. We can't be doing mistletoe anymore because three reasons. Okay. Oh wow, you got bullet points. Holy shit. One, you can't tell me what to do just because <clears throat> I'm standing in a doorway, which is typically where okay. it's called. Two, can never, can never, can never tell a man what to do. You know, you don't can't tell, tell a man, this what, to white do man what to do in the so, transom I mean, of my own home. How I mean, dare you? You just telling someone what to do in a doorway. You just eliminated thousands of bouncer jobs yeah. and the Jehovah's Witnesses. Technically, uh, you usually whatever. Anyway, next would ba- would Jehovah's Witnesses make great bouncers? No. I would. Oh, I don't. They try to get in the door, but oh. there's. Yeah, I guess they're more welcoming than. I mean, they're literally theoretically. Yeah, yeah. No, scratch that. Go ahead, keep going. Second ball point. Sorry. The amount of sexual assault slash sexual harassments that have probably happened at holiday parties, which we don't have this year for the most part, must be astounding. It seems like for some reason creepy people think it's a pass to be like, gonna go for it, even though (laughs) definitely not into it, and uh, that can't be good for anybody. Yeah, it's kind of, I guess it might be like a relic of an old Christmas past. Yeah, where you could like, just fucking stick your tongue in a woman's mouth and uh, no one was going to do anything about I it. Because you, I don't, I mean, tongue seems aggressive. I don't think. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I celebrate my, celebrate Christmas in a French way. I'm so sorry. Yeah, <laughs> tongue, I don't think tongue mistletoe is a thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> tongue mistletoe. <laughs> <laughs> but like, what's that song that's like got really uh, sexual Baby, assault it's cold vibes? Baby, yeah, it's cold outside. Up. Yeah, it's about I'm saying missile, some chick. missile. Jesus, mistletoe <laughs> might be like in that vein of old relics of Christmas that are just 
you know, not like a, go- a ghost of Christmas, not past. compatible with like a society that revolves around consent. So, yeah. Wow. wow. So Mistletoe raising consent issues. And, uh, and that was just a sanitary issue. Now I'm just a germaphobe and I'm like, don't fucking come near me with your face ever. Is that the third ever. bullet point? That's the third bullet point. Back the fuck up. Fair. After all this shit, after I get a needle in my arm, I still want at least three fucking feet of birth. Get away from me. <laughs> Fuck mistletoe. We're that. done with it. Um, I'm gonna recommend. Um, you know, my name. You probably guessed that I am at least somewhat Italian. Um, I am more Italian in my name than anything else. So, but you know that you hear a lot about the Italians doing the whole seven fishes thing. I'm not gonna recommend that. I'm just gonna I recommend. Would. Yeah, and I'm not doing the big family thing this year. So it's you know it's it's not a um, yeah, I, I really don't care for all the fishes. Maybe three or four of the fishes, but not all seven of them. I'm going to recommend that people are iffy about. I'm going to recommend um, anchovies because anchovies oh. are actually like if you learn how to cook with it and you're not like a bitch about the flavor, it actually can give some nice. And I've been watching a lot of cooking shows, so I'm going to say give a nice little umami to your dishes. <laughs> Producer Corey is just has his head down. Um, I'm excited to make the uh, I'm making tomorrow night or, or tonight. If you're listening to this on, on Thursday, uh, some spaghetti and anchovies. Oh, uh, you make sauce. bacala? No, I'm not a big bacala uh, guy. All right. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint, but I'm just going to recommend anchovies because I, I make it on Christmas and then I'm like, this shit's actually good. So like, I don't make it, but I'm going to, this is like a recommendation myself to like, Go back to the anchovy well. I'm not Christmas. So we'll take out mistletoe, add anchovies. <laughs> that, that actually works out well together, I think. I think I prefer that. Yeah, um, I don't know what's going on. These are fish some once. Quest, these are some questionable recommendations. <laughs> All right, give us a good one then. Father Terry. Christmas, no, you go. Because I All don't right. have one yet. I am going to be recommending... Uh, not necessarily following along to your meal plan. Um, it's Christmas, eat what you want. And one of my favorite things to eat are the pignoli cookies. Um, they're like these little, uh, like kind of fluffy Italian cookies with the pine nuts on them. I think they're fantastic. They're a little, uh, they're like a little squishy, like a little bit, they're a little doughy. Um, but I just think it's a great cookie. I highly recommend it. And I couldn't recommend it any, any higher as, uh, in the cookie realm for Christmas. I don't, I feel like I never get that them That is otherwise. a strong statement. I feel like I never get them otherwise, but I, I like the Pignoli cookies for Christmas. I think that they're seasonal and uh, I'm glad that I don't see them that often otherwise, because I would probably gain 20 pounds immediately. If um, we're, if, do you if, take if, it over gingerbread? Yeah. Easy. Something's wrong with you. Arrest that man. I know. If the listeners haven't figured out that we're a New Jersey podcast by our last two Christmas recommendations of pignoli cookies and anchovies, I will uh, leave it up to Terry Takes to take us out of the Italian world, even though you've been binge launched to the Sopranos. Yeah. Wait, Terry, where are you? Uh, I don't know. Middle of season three? Joe, question. Oh, okay. You already got season. You just told me the other day you were on season two. No, I said I was he on was season, on season three. three, episode 10, last yeah. episode. No, He's fucking two. stalling out. I was on season three, episode two. Oh, whatever. Probably, Speed uh, it up. Okay. probably on episode six or something. I don't know. Joe, question. All right. Um, is there like a Korean cookie? Uh, 
So it's funny that you say that because the Costco that I live by, uh, there is a very like strong, um, Asian presence, I would say in this area. And they have a lot of Asian cookies. I couldn't tell you what the fuck they're called, but mm-hmm. they sell them in all like the bins and stuff. And then like the letters on it, I don't know what they are, but, um, they look like cookies. So I don't know what they are. My mom grew up on a farm. I don't know how much access she had to cookies. Um, so was it a weed uh, farm? probably a lot of access. No, it was a melon farm. Yeah. Um, but there were cattle. So, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. We don't really do a lot of Korean cookies. Um, I would say that a fortune cookie is like a fake Asian cookie. Well, that's, um, I was gonna so, say, my only experience are stereotypical cookies that I get with my takeout. You know what? I'll, I'll do some research on this and report back, uh, at the next pod. Yes. Okay. Thank you. I was just genuinely curious. Yeah. I don't know. Um, my recommendation is, uh, for gift giving. First of all, do it early. I still have to do some stuff. <laughs> um, big talk. I'm a, I'm a big experience giver, you know? Give give experiences, not, you know, not tangible things. So, like, well, especially okay. in 2021, looking forward, <laughs> you know, it's something to look forward to. You know, whether it be a concert in, you know, September or, you know, a golf tournament or a sports event, you know memories let's make memories you know you don't need tangible things we've all bought enough of that during quarantine let's give some experiences some things to look forward to i'm gonna give a little pushback on this just because like you know if you're a guy out there and uh you haven't gotten your significant other a present because you know it's christmas eve whatever um whatever you do don't don't give them the gift of new lingerie like for yourself, like don't break out your new Calvin Klein's on Christmas Day. You've got to clarify the shit out of this. <laughs> this is up there with a the mistletoe. What are you? No, my mates don't no. fucking say. No, 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 no. I'm There's saying really? as far as like you know, why it's oh. problematic. Like the, it's problematic as mistletoe. Yeah, Joe There's showing no. up in his fucking Calvin skinny bikini with his <laughs> fucking hat on. There's no. There's. It's hey, not a good gift. Morning. Lingerie is not a gift. Are all. you talking about for yourself or for someone else for you? What oh, are you saying? Either way. Either Why are way. you gifting yourself lingerie for you to wear for you? Well, like if I bought fucking new fancy underwear, like, for you know, where we th- are. then it's, it's not a gift. It's not a gift for your significant other to be like, oh, look at what I got. Like, I hope, I, I hope people like your body is I not hope people, gift. I hope people who think that. I don't, really aren't listen, aren't listening to our podcast. <laughs> I don't know what, where, I, if you think that I don't, I don't want you as a listener. Those people are at hedonism. They're not. They're not I listening want, to this. I wanted to put it out there, and it's just, it's not a gift. It's not a gift. Okay, so, so your furry red thong you bought yourself was not a hit, is what you're saying? Yes. Do no, to go with that? No, it, I'm sure it would be a hit, but like that, that shit, that can't be your gift. All right, I'm ending this. I don't. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Enjoy. Where, your, where are we? Enjoy your Christmas holiday. <laughs> We're going to a world with no mistletoe and no gifts. Uh, no, Break I don't even know. I can't even, I can't even, I'm not even. <laughs> I don't know how we ended up there. Okay. I'm ending this podcast. See wait, you next wait, week. Wait, wait, Joe, did you have any soup today? Uh, no, but I do anticipate having a squash soup uh, in the next uh, 48 hours. So it should be squash good. Squash soup for the week. Okay. Now you can finish it. <laughs>
All right. For the Oddscast podcast, Dominic DeLeo, Joe DeLara, Terry Takes, producer Corey. We will see you next week, week 17, NFL, NBA, NCAA, all the good stuff. God bless. What just happened? I just okay, saw a tweet. Joe, did you not have dinner? <laughs> no, I didn't eat. Uh, I had a piece of fried chicken. Yeah, low blood but sugar? Like- it was December 24th on Hollis Avenue the dark. When I seen a man chilling with his dog in the park. I approached him very slowly with my heart full of fear. Looked at his dog. Oh, my God. A ill reindeer. But then I was yelling to the man at a beard. And a bag full of 30, 12 o'clock at night. So I turned my head a second and the man was gone. But he must have dropped his wallet back dead on the lawn. I picked the wallet up and then I took a pause. Took out the lights and then it cold said Santa Claus.